This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. Here we go again with the minivan dad soccer pod. I'm your host TJ tonight. <laughs> the inventors normally, of the wheel. Normally, I, normally I introduce Hat Guy Pat first, but tonight we're going to go to the inventor of the wheel himself, Conspiracy Chris. Here so I that's am. where he's been gone. He's out inventing the wheel this week. Chris, how you doing? It's what I do. That's why I'm an American. <laughs> he invented the wheel, folks. And I'm and proud now to be an American. For at least I invented the wheel. And and he very and his and his inability to grasp technology is what ruined US fan TV. And on that note, we'll go to the senior editor true. of Hot Topic. It is not true. Google <laughs> ruined US fan TV. Perhaps we shall overcome. We shall overcome. I, I still blame you, Chris, because your inability to grasp technology and advance new things. And on that note, we're gonna move on to the senior editor of Hot Time in Old Town. Hat. Hi. And Hat went on a field trip today. I did. I, I didn't wear a hat. I went to the Chicago Fire Media Day today. And if anybody yeah. who, those who listened into the press conference, you got to hear Hat Guy ask a question today. I asked two in the press conference. I'll have you know. And uh, I talked to several of the first team players after that in a little, they were in a circle. And they were sitting on chairs in a circle, and you could was go it talk a wheel? You're it painting was not a, a wheel. picture with words right now. I did not invent the wheel, but we went. It was at the at the fire pitch on the north side, uh, on Addison or Talman or whatever it is. And uh, right now, there's the there's one of those bubbles over the fire pitch. One of those where my ears pop every single time I walk into one. Not unlike TJ, the one that we were in in Wisconsin for the D license course. But yeah, it was it was a good event. We got to hear from the new fire head coach, uh, Rafa Wiki. W is the pronunciation. He does not pronounce it like the uh, the German okay. W with the V. He, he's it's Rafa Raphael or Rafa. He goes by Wiki. Uh, good dude. Uh, interesting. Piercing blue eyes. Wait, he's got better hair than Chris, I think, which is saying so. I was going to say his hair is outstanding. Yeah, he's it's up. It's it's really good hair. Um, and he, you know, a number of reporters asked him, "How are the fire going to play? What's the formation? What's the what's your idea?" And he was very very vague on a lot of that. He did say he likes possession, but he doesn't expect to have it all the time. It's what are his fair. thoughts on winning the World Cup? nobody we made it we made it through the entire news conference without anybody asking that question and there were some uh like there there was like a lot of the regulars were there um and then there's like the you know the generals tv sports reporters and they tend to ask a lot of the times uh a little more what do you think of chicago so far that sort of questions um but nobody asked if the fire were going to win the world cup so i think that's a success Sounds like is a win, and I was will. Yes, I... it would have been entertaining. I can tell you that. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Wiki was very. Um, he he stressed hard work, and two of the things that I got from the players, um, that I think 
uh, and this is several of the players that, that said the same thing, they, that he isn't a guy who's a coach who's going to immediately punish a mistake. He's a guy who, you know, like, like uh, Jonathan Bornstein's like, I've played for coaches before that they're going to immediately, like, you're playing scared the whole time. And then he's like, you don't play your best. You play, you, you, it, it affects you. And he's like, he expects us was to make mistakes. Was he scared the entire time he was playing for the U.S.? Oh, my God. And then uh, <laughs> he expects, you know, that you're going to make mistakes. It's how you immediately recover from that. So that's a good thing, I think, toward building a positive, non-toxic team chemistry. So maybe he's a guy who's going to be around for a while. He was also the other thing that <clears throat> um, that the players are saying is that he's very clear on what his principles are. It's just that no one would tell us what they are. He, we, several times he kind of skirted the issue, just flat out said he's not going to tell us at one point, and then the players weren't going to tell us, but um, he's been clear. So clarity is a good thing, and support is a good thing if you're a new head coach, so those are good things. But, uh, but yeah, the players are, are, are optimistic, um, and uh, things are slowly coming together so it's i mean it's safe to say that the reason why they keep referencing clarity and like not going to punish mistake is that more you think a shot at pano pano on his way out the door i don't think they're directly taking a shot but yeah that's one of the things that that pano was kind of known for was the doghouse right isn't that what we would always hear is that you know certain players would slip into pano's doghouse and not get out so i don't know that i don't know that wiki would be taking a shot at his no not 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 i that wasn't i didn't mean wiki i meant more the players maybe i don't know it's like to say just the the difference in the atmosphere like a positive culture versus you know like you keep alluding to playing scared last year i mean the media people who who work for the fire are smart people so they were obviously to some degree, the players were coached. They could, why wouldn't you? Like that's their job to do that. But um, but they did seem generally and genuinely positive. So um, you know, you're not like some of the people were wanted me to ask, hey, what do you think of the logo? Do you really think that any of them are gonna absolutely crap on the logo? Like it didn't even seem like it was worth asking to me because. Um, because you're not going to get an answer that means that would, that. right. That would I, the answers won't mean anything. Either they're going to lie or they actually do like it. But but one of the things that CJ was talking about, CJ Sapong, was that he was uh, part of the rebranding at Sporting KC, and he's like, it is a great opportunity to you know that they moved as well to a stadium there, and and you know changed colors and changed logo and everything. And he's like, it is an opportunity to kind of like reintroduce yourself to the city and so i know that's what they're hoping is that you know well and as i think back to when sporting kansas city moved into became sporting kansas city and stopped being the kansas city wizards moved into whatever uh live strong park or whatever it is now i don't know what the name of it was it was live strong at one point drink and strong. well drink strong yes um they won with it though and that and we keep coming back to that over and over yeah. again is the key to this is going to be you have to win. Right. And so I think I and so I think that's where that's going to be the correlation is 
will they get the winning that Kansas City seemed to pick up? Like they were, Kansas City was a team on the rise. So both privately and publicly, that's something that everybody is aware of, very aware that winning fixes everything, losing creates more issues. And, And Wiki was very, you know, he wasn't saying that we should expect to lose, but he was saying that the the coming together could take a while, which I think is fair for a new coach and, and an all new staff and basically half new players. He's like, it, it could take a little bit, but we'll get it. And he's like, but in the meantime, the players are going to bust their ass every day. He said, work hard. He didn't say bust his ass to be fit, bust their ass to be fair, but he said, the players are going to work hard. Uh, and he kept going back to the, the hard work, hard work thing that, that he stresses. And he's like, if you make the mistake, you better, make the recovery run even harder to try to fix what you did wrong. So um, he's like, and he's like fans uh, appreciate hard work. And I think that that's true. I mean, if you look at the U S when they were losing um, one of the things that, that fans were most concerned about is that it did not appear that they were working as hard as they could. So. um, And that, and that, and that was one of the things that always, uh, when you talk to the old players with the U.S. team, um, Herc Gomez and, and the lot, it's it seems like that blue collar effort and outworking teams was what they what they were known for when they were having success, and then when right. that went away, the success seemed to go away right along with it. Yeah, the the whole greater than the sum of your parts, play for the shirt type stuff that that we've always been known for, and and I mean, frankly, I'd rather be known for incredible technical and tactical soccer but i'll take the hard work that's part of it too and not everybody can be incredible technically but everybody can you know sure work and, hard and play yeah, smart and we'll and we'll come back to the u.s team and the u.s men's team and uh some of the players and the parts that are kind of ongoing with that but your question with frank frank Klopas, i thought was a good question and i i did like the answer of the guy who knows this league he knows has a lot of knowledge i was I'll give you a prop I mean, to that it, It's exactly what I would have expected him to say. Sure. So I, I wasn't trying to fish for something that, that isn't there, but it is the answer. Like, well, why would you add Frank Lopez to the staff if, if he's not a guy you're immediately familiar with? Because, you know, you need to know more about MLS and, and you need to know about more about the, you know, what to expect. So, yeah, he's and he's a he's a good character, he said, too. So he's a good guy to have around, which I think everybody who's ever dealt with Frank realizes that I did see Frank there today. I did not talk to him, but he was around. George Heights was also around today, but he didn't meet with the media. So sure. And I, and I missed your other question. Cause I actually had to go back and do work. What was your other question? I, uh, I, I asked, him, the first I asked one. him about Barrich and uh, what his initial impressions were and what kind of drew him to uh, him. And he said, you know, classic number nine scores goals should excite the fans. I asked Barrich about him. And I was going to, and that yeah. was going to be my, thank you for the, for stepping on my follow. I, I, I apologize. Going to be. I apologize to Robert Barrich for the Malort issue. And, <laughs> and then as a city, I, I think I can do that on behalf of the city. Um, and then uh, I asked him and he's like, a, he's, he's a very, he's like, I don't really want to talk about myself. I, I guess this is like the hardest question you can ask me is who am I? But he's, he's, you know, he, so he's, he, he was very humble. He didn't want to, uh, he's not, um, he's the anti-Zlatan. 
that. I, you know, and and I'm, I'm I I've got to disagree with you on that, Pat. I still believe Zlatan is humble because Zlatan is a deity, and to be in the form of man and to do the things he does, he's still humble compared to what he really could do with being a deity. That's fair. That's fair. So that said, what were some Just of your other? Don't ask what, uh, uh, Gooch about that. True. Fair enough. So, what were some of your other impressions? Um, they, you got to meet some of the players. This is your first time around them. What, what are some of the takeaways that we should that we should get? We should I gather. I think TJ that you're going to need to read Hot Time over the next few days, and I will tell you some of the things and some of the takeaways. Well, I do read Hot Time. I, I will admit that. And, um, but uh, what? Okay, so fine. Let me rephrase the question. What are some of the things you're going to te- the the teasers that you're going to put out there for the next few days? Uh, I asked Johan Kapelhoff about where he would like to play and where he sees himself playing this season in the team. Uh, I talked extensively about the Arsenal Chelsea match with Brant Bronico, um, who is a Chelsea fan, and I am, am of course an Arsenal fan. Um, I don't know that I'll put that in hot time, but that was a fun conversation that I had. Uh, who else did I talk to? I'd have to, it's, it's late at night. I'm trying to think. You said Bornstein. I talked to Bornstein. I had a great conversation with Bornstein. Very interesting guy. And I, I always like, you know, he, I am drawn to, let me back up. When I was in college, I wanted to be a sports reporter. And the reason I didn't do it is because I got tired of formulaic answers from not so intelligent athletes. And so I'm drawn to, drawn to guys. So I did news for a long time. And this is like my first foray back into sports is this job. And so I'm, I'm drawn to guys that have more to say than um, the simple, we're going to work hard, try hard for the team sound bites. And, and Bronico was a dude I was immediately drawn to. He's, he's smart. And Bornstein is too. Um, Bornstein like has a level of experience that almost no one else on the team has. And, you know, he's played in a number of different leagues internationally for the U S well, yeah, I mean, internationally played in all kinds of different leagues, yeah, played overseas came for the multiple countries now. Yeah, yeah. Played for, in the Mexican league. He's, and, and he's a smart guy. So he, I, we talked about just, you know, his ideas on what makes a, a good coach and, and what, you know, uh, how players respond to different things and stuff like that. So I thought it was, it was interesting. So what did he say about what makes a good coach? Uh, the one thing that I did write in the piece today, I think I said this a little bit ago on the show was that one of the qualities is that if you're a coach, he said, playing, playing scared. Um, if you're playing scared as a player, you're going to fail a lot more than if you're, Hmm. if you know that the coach has your back when you make a mistake especially in soccer where, you know, it's the ball's constantly moving. You're, you're going to screw up sometimes if you're, um, if, if, as long as you're reacting to that mistake correctly and you're not making the same mistake over and over and over again, David Louise, um, then, uh, you're, you're fine. Right. You know, you're, the coach still has your back. So that's, he's like, yeah. that, it creates a more supportive environment. Did he note any coaches that um, stood out in that regard? He did say he's had some some screamers and some 
coaches that had him playing scared in the past, but I didn't press him on it. So hmm. I don't know if Bob or Bruce was one of those. I, um, I, I have a question that will apply to something we shall talk about when this is over. So, Oh, we're going to talk off air. We are going to talk off air, which okay. I we can't are. imagine. I we, you guys we have, which we have never, ever had conversations off air <laughs> after the show. That I'm go into the middle off. Of yeah. <sighs> Shit. Now you're going to make me do some editing. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate that. So, Pat, let, let's finish up with this thing. We've, you know, we kind of, I know we could talk about everything you went through with media at the fire, but we're going to let a lot of this come out with hot type and old town. Um, I think we've talked about it at this point. I think we've, we've finalized it. There was lunch, but I didn't eat lunch there. I had to come home and pick up the boys. So right. What I was going to ask you, I can't speak to the quality of lunch at the CIBC fire pitch, but I bet it was good. I was going to ask you, I was, I I was rather impressed with these uh, second star club when we went there. It was a good good experience there. I will also say this. This is my one takeaway. This is a big takeaway. This is a controversial thing I'm about to say. The colors on the new scarves are very cool. And that was going to be kind of where I was leading the last question. How do they compare question. with the new logo that the club is and I was going to ask up and, and can is you, going to kill itself Can you over. shut up for two seconds? <laughs> shut up for two is seconds. The logo? Oh, come on. I've given you guys like ten minutes without saying anything. Well, that, 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 that might be a record. Bad. It, I no, this is a new record. Love the logo. The, lo- this, the logo shit. I was just making fun of all of this. This is a new record for Chris in his silence. This is a new record for Chris in silence, by the way. Um, I, I was just going to ask you, you saw the training top with the new logo on it. I How did. is it looking, person? The training top looks good. Uh, the logo, the, the colors on the scarves look really good. Um, I don't know what it is about the scarves in general, but I really like the way the colors popped on it. But um, they had Rafa hold one up at the end so everybody could take a photo. Um, the, and the the thing, the, the logo looks, this sounds weird, it, but, and we're now we're getting into fashion, the fashion pod, but the logo looks better on clothing than it does digitally. And the logo looks better when the background behind it is not close to the same color. So what it like on the gray training tops, it looks a lot better than it does digitally. You when like the background when it is blue. pops. I do like it to pop. And at this point, we're just gonna keep putting this out there because we are what two weeks away from our MLS New Jersey kit review extravaganza. You know, I, I, which... I was just about to say. Here he goes saying, "Oh, we're talking about fashion on the pot." I was like. We've already teased that we're going to do an entire show making fun of. That's true. Yeah, we're going to make, make fun of evaluating everybody. Chris, it's evaluation, and I know you're getting your Bob Kraft jokes ready for it. And I've already <laughs> and I've already got ideas for the new Real Salt Lake jersey that are going to be based off of last year. So this, if you ever want We've a disaster, seen a lot of them actually at this point. We have, seen, yeah. A lot of them have, uh, they're, they're getting cleaner and cleaner with the three big swooping Adidas stripes on one shoulder. But they're half. I, they're half. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not like the yeah. full three stripes like the old ones where it's like half of it. Yeah. It's kind of, so yeah. I, and I, I did report today that the fire will have clean jerseys, I'm told. So but now, that's all I know. They you were not washed last season. You know what I feel like yes. that three. They are, that they three are going to be with the newest tag. Is when you think back to the when they had the three stripes that went you know all the way down like the 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 one side. 
And then the next the next one that went out was like they had the half three stripes on each shoulder. Now it looks like they're just kind of doing a part of each of that. But uh, another another show for two weeks away. So everybody start getting ready for that one. Um, U.S. Soccer. I guess what you know. We'll start with we'll start with Dortmund. We'll start with Gio Reyna. Seeing he seemed to make a solid impression through Dortmund's winter break camp and. Broken, broken with the first team this weekend. Yeah, not as good of an impression as Harland made. I hope I'm saying his name right. The Norwegian guy, that's the son of the player, um, that coincidentally played with um, Gio Reyna's father at Man City. Um, but yeah, Gio Reyna, just to be, it, it, it seems like uh, they're they've got another American star in the making there which is very cool he's he's uh, a first team member and uh i'm happy to hear it chris you know, i'm gonna let you, you talk about this now you you can you can certainly say sure didn't make the same impression as yeah a guy who walked on and 15 minutes later or whatever it was had <laughs> had a hat trick but that said at 17 like i it it was cool to see he looked for the ball he was stepping like into every ball. He wanted to be involved. That was that was cool to see for 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 a kid making you know a, a first uh, appearance. Do you in, know who he kind of plays full like? adult league? He kind of plays no. like Claudio Reyna. <laughs> I, I was curious where you were going to go with that. So I was like, I, what am I supposed I, to I'm, say? Here? I'm shocked to hear that, Pat. I really well, am. My, but you know, the one thing I will say, Claudio always had a limitation in his speed and it doesn't necessarily appear that geo has that now granted some of that is he's 17 versus when we were really seeing claudio was a, a good seven eight years later <clears throat> uh not to say that like you get slow at 25 but but I, they're, I, they're, they're I just different i think there. i've been getting progressively slower since i was about 17 <laughs> that's the, because the you're thing. getting fatter <laughs> The thing that that really stood out most to me about um, Giorano's debut was how well he used his body. I mean, this is a 17-year-old playing against full-grown men, and he was using his body really well to shield the ball, to shove defenders off of him. It was, it was, it was more of a veteran-style um, awareness, I, I would say. Like to me, that was more like. When I look at, at, at kids playing at playing against grown men, I, I, there are certain things I look at, and, and it's like first touch, and it's like physical awareness of the game. How do they deal with these guys who understand the game better than them and are probably bigger than them, probably stronger than them? How do they handle that um, that that confrontation? Because that's the stuff that. You don't. You're never. You're not really taught. You know. You. It's. It's hard to. 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 To learn that outside of game experience. Like you. You don't necessarily learn in practice. Okay. This is how I shove a guy 15 years older than me who knows the next three moves I'm going to make because he's watched it happen a million other times. This is how I shove him off the ball so I can make a play. That's stuff that either you have it inherently. Like you, you are just a step ahead that you can read what he's doing or, or you don't kind of. 
and that was stuff that I was really impressed by in 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 his appearance. Like he had defenders all over him, and yet he knew to like shrug this, to turn that way, to shove here so they would move. There were things that seemed to be wise beyond uh, a seventeen year old in a first appearance. Or, or that that I would expect from a seventeen year old in a first appearance, and that was actually what truly impressed me because he he made some poor passes. I, I won't say he like it wasn't all glowing, and it wasn't like he walked on and fifteen minutes later had a hat trick. But there were definite positives there, and for a guy so a kid so young to be doing this, it's I I don't want to overplay it. I don't want to be like, oh my god, you know, it's the same club. He's he, he's the next Pulisic. Can you? But I'll be can you, can you even make that comparison? And just because the, they're different players, I mean, different positions. Is there any way? I, I know that it's going to be the that's the natural draw because they both came up as teenagers with Dortmund, but they and they both had fathers who were you know brilliant soccer minds. Obviously, Claudio being a player, but you know, still. They both, they both their parents. was a player. He was just in, um, um, what was it, MISL? Uh, yeah, sure. He was, he was an indoor player. Yeah. But, I mean, you've got, but their fathers obviously are great soccer minds. I mean, and I guess you could even put um, the Bradleys in there as well. So I, but the bottom line being is, is there any, I know it's a natural comparison. Can you even make one out of that? Or would, is there any sense of that? I mean, I, I don't know that there's like a one-to-one comparison there. I, I don't know that it's truly apples to apples, okay. essentially. But sure, yes, I think there is something to be said for um, even if even if you don't have. I, I, I think it it plays across a lot of sports. Even if you don't have the natural gifts of the parent who was a superstar, you at least have the education of the things that like, if they imparted any of this to you, you have the things they learned along the way. So there is, there is something to be said for that. That said, there's a reason, uh, Jeffrey Jordan, right. Isn't that, wasn't that his son's name? The one who played it at, at uh, Illinois. Um, yes. There's Play, a reason. I was going to say playing being a sparse term at best, but yeah, <laughs> well, whatever there, there's, there's a reason he didn't turn into, his father, uh, you know, it, it's, hard, it, it's hard to replace, um, say the, the, the peak of what your family has produced athletically. The, yeah. But you, then, then you, also, the you, you also look at the U S hasn't produced that high of a peak yet. So at least in terms of soccer, so they're, they're, there's nothing to say that you couldn't be better than your parents at this point. You I know, guess, like I guess, kids, I guess the, Messi's kids are never going to be better than Messi. I mean, I, I'm just going to put that out now. His kids I, may turn out to be amazing. They'll never be better than him. So I guess the, the simple, the, to conclude on Gio Reyna is obviously, I, is it safe to say he's a lock for the, the Olympic qualifying team or if assuming he gets released and then the Olympic team, if they make the tournament, quite frankly, I think he deserves a chance at well, and then, the and full national team follow, right now. My follow-up question was going to be when they get when they start getting into qualifiers again, does he have a role? Is he 
where do you put it? Do you, is he in the 11? Is he in the 18? Where do you have him at this point? I under uh, a full I, side. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put him in, in the 11 yet because he's had one game. Like, okay. don't, don't, don't put the hype in there. My real feeling though, is if you're playing games in a top five league in Europe, you at least belong in the conversation for a spot in the 23, much less the 18, much less the 11, whatever. Uh, Pulisic much, went much from, more should really, we but... put this kid in the team to being our best player in about yeah. nine months? So, um, and I don't think yeah, that I mean, happen with you, Gio, but... you, you think about it, like I was at that, uh, I think it was that Guatemala game, I think it was Guatemala, in Columbus when he got his debut. And... In the crowd, we didn't even know how to pronounce his name. We were all unsure. Is it Pulisic? Pulisic? Like, because it was like, I don't know. Like, he, he barely, he's barely done anything yet. Yeah, and then and, six months later, there was guys wanting to loan their sisters out to him. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, right, they, by the way, th- that's not a joke. These are things. These are things we literally heard in the stands. For real. I, um, there was one dude who was like willing to loan himself out, I think, because he was so impressed by him. All right. So it was, on that note, it was, we're going we're well, to no, move the, on. The, the, point is, the point is just that um, he went from just being a name people had heard of because he, he was playing somewhere to being suddenly borderline the, the face of, of U.S. soccer. Sure. I do think. I do think Gio Reyna's ceiling is is higher than his dad's. Is it now, higher? No, no, no. Look, look, look. He's 17 and played one, one full top level game. There's Guys, still, there, there's there's the still a lot of things that could go wrong there. You know, like 20. What was it? Did, didn't didn't we just have the 20 year anniversary of like um, Freddie Adu's draft date yes. or something like that? Yes. Where it's like. A lot of things, a lot of things can go wrong. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like, oh, he, he's better than Claudio already. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I saw a 17 year old doing things that I would have expected out of a 25 year old. And can I just say I just turned 40, and I am sad you did. That, you, that you guys didn't get me a cameo video for 35 dollars from Freddie Adu. Saying yeah. something, I like or, to think I got you something better. Well, I, I don't know if we say, can talk get, about it on here. I was going to get into it in a second here. At, for fifty dollars, you could have uh, Chris Hansen tell me to sit down and <laughs> strongly imply that I'm a pedophile. So, I mean, it, this these are things you can do to your friends if you've never been on Cameo before. TJ has a birthday coming up. He does. It's true. I think TJ, sit down over there. <laughs> Chris, Chris Hansen, I want to talk about your screen. Go watch. Seriously, go to Cameo. Don't take this out of the podcast, CJ. This is important. Go to Cameo. It's an excellent site that you will spend hours on. Go to Chris Hansen <laughs> and see what he is saying to people for $50. <laughs> Tell me about your friend, Jeff. Jeff, have a seat over there. I want to talk to you about your screen name. Boom, boom, <laughs> young, young, 6969. Seriously. $50 gets you this honor. And uh, Freddie Adu is on there, too. And if you want, like, a like a wholesome gift, you can get a Red Stars player on there to tell you. Is Keith Morrison nice. on, though? Oh, my 
God, that would be amazing. Yeah. Wow. D- did you know? Did you know he is Matthew Perry's father-in-law? What? Yeah, swear to God, I found that out like I don't know the last six months or something. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Perry grew up with him as his dad, basically. Jesus Christ. He was the stepdad. He, like he lived Wait, with his, his father-in-law, or is he? It's it's his stepdad. He lived he okay, lived with oh did did I say father-in-law first? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant to say stepdad. Um yeah. Uh, he grew up with his mom, and his mom married Keith Morrison while he was still like a Canadian journalist, and he then moved to the U.S. to do to do all really? the stuff that it, that he became famous for. Yeah, yeah. He grew up basically with that guy as like his dad. He he worked with um, Katrina Crape. Actually, so I do know I worked with somebody who worked with who with who worked with him. But yeah, he's he's a weird individual. I, he's not I, on there. I, I I wish he was, but I also want to know like what was it like this is totally off topic. What was it like having I that guy as like think? your stepdad? Where you could be like, So you were out late tonight. Really? This is a real thing. Keith Morrison is the stepdad of Matthew Perry. I swear to God. I swear to God. Look it up. Were you with Rachel? <laughs> Has there been a murder? <laughs> and then Our something repeat. terrible happened at 2225 Meadow Lane. Was so, he in um, the storm sewer? All right, now that we've digressed completely. <laughs> all right, so we also saw the return of this week. <laughs> there's, no go- there's no going back, so let's just try and move on. Is Tyler Adams made his return for... For Leipzig this weekend. Seemed to look, look decent. Although his Played turnover... 84, is, 85 minutes, something like that. Correct. It, although his turnover did lead to Union Berlin's goal, but otherwise he looked pretty strong on it overall. If it's so. your first game back after, like, how many months has he been out now? What was it, October? Sounds about right, yeah. Mm, yeah, I think so. I, like, honestly, if it's your first game back, I don't care if... 50% of your passes are shit. If it's your first game back, I, I'm willing to write you... 50% of your passes are shit? You're okay with that? Yeah. If it's your first game back, yes. If it's if it's your first game back and you're you're like a, you're essentially a starter, yeah. If, if it's a guy that I know is, is going to be in this team in three weeks, 50%, I might be willing to go like 75%. If it's your first game back, I, I'll write a lot of things off because it's well, hard to get. It's hard. Come on, it's hard as hell to get back to to full blown professional level. And he was playing above that. It's true. To, frankly, frankly, to make it out there and not make any passes and make it to the eighty fourth or fifth minute or whatever it was before he came out. If it's your very first game back, I, I look at that as as an accomplishment. You've been off because of a serious injury for several months, and you came straight in and nearly played an entire game. If you did nothing, if, if all you did was run around and just put pressure on guys once in a while, that that's... All right. Are we blaming Burhalter for his injury? Because everybody's blaming Burhalter. <laughs> well... Although, although um, Yuli comment today was um, apparently is very has a positive 
hasn't left camp yet, which is surprising now that Germany's back going, but apparently he is said thinks highly of Burhalter. I don't know. It's one of those things I thought was kind of weird with all the negativity here, but about Burhalter, and maybe that's just the fans in general, but it seems like the players are sharing a different opinion of Burhalter, at least the ones in Camp Cupcake this year. Have you guys picked up on any of that or not not paid that much of attention? You mean what what the players are thinking of him, or which? Yeah, part the fact are you that it seems well, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Um, the fact that Yuli definitely gave he is praising Burhalter for you know the training tips that he, the instructions that he's giving. But in general, it seems like there's a lot more of a, for lack of a better term, a positive vibe coming out of Camp Cupcake this year than even in the years past. So. Or have you guys I, not picked? Or have you guys just not paid att- enough attention to catch on? I I haven't paid enough attention to see like what the what the players are thinking. Um, what do, you know? It's hard for me to say. I think this of of what anyone is saying about like Bearhalter because it's not it's not like I it's not like I hate the guy. I. I laugh because it's sometimes funny to me at, at like I, I laugh at the choices he makes or, you know, make jokes about some of the things he does because sometimes it's easy to make that joke, but I don't disagree with many of his choices is probably fair. I don't know if I'd go to most, but, I, I'm willing to say that, you know, there are many of his choices that I, I agree with. Um, so I, I don't, I'm not going to knock anybody who voices support for him. Okay. Oh, fair enough. I mean, I guess with Burhalter is, is the bottom line. He needs to start winning and not looking like crap and not looking like crap against bad team, you know, like look good against I, bad teams and, I think the problem teams. is that he is trying to do things. Frankly, was it was it was it Arena who said that Bruce Arena who said that um, you've only got these players for yeah a week or two at a time, and, and you're trying to institute like you're, he's overcomplicating things club for team a national stuff? team. Yeah, yeah, sure. This is not a club okay. team. This is a national team. It, you don't. I have, tend to agree it, with that. It, it's difficult to get them to pick up a complicated system when they're only there for two weeks and then they're gone for three months and then they're there for two weeks and then they're gone for three months. So, um. all right, all right. So let's let's kind of move on. We're going to move on. The transfer window is still open, as we found out with you know with the fire over the last couple of weeks. But one that kind of caught my eye, Chris, and you mentioned it in our text message back and forth when Pat was on his field trip today was. Anthony Robinson to AC Milan. That seemed weird to me. Yeah, how about that? Obviously, it's a step up. I mean, a huge step up. But it, but isn't it contingent? It's contingent on somebody else leaving first, correct? Well, I, I think I don't every. Understand this. I think every um, transfer in January, or yeah. I, I should I shouldn't even say January. Every transfer it seems over the last like two years of any team of note is kind of contingent upon, well, get this yeah, other player, we're, we're going to do this. Or if we, you know, if we can't sign this other, the guy we really want, then we're going to get, go to this guy. So I, I think there's some of that, that, you know, 
AC Milan today is not AC Milan of 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So there's something to be said for that. Um, you know, the, the people, I, I've noticed a lot of people on Twitter, like U.S. people on Twitter, uh, making this out to be like, holy shit, we're going to have a guy play for AC Milan. And I sent something out this morning. I don't remember, or maybe it was yesterday. I, I, I don't remember now. And I, I can't remember if it was me personally, if I sent it out on behalf of U.S. Fan TV. Where I was like, yeah, don't forget, we had someone else who played for AC Milan, and he beat the shit out of the Zlatan. It, it kind of feels like to me, not to the same degree, but close to it, the time when Mix Discarude signed for Manchester City and we true, couldn't true, figure true. out what was going on. For this one, it, it yeah, AC Milan's not the AC Milan of old, but it doesn't feel... Again, I don't I know mean, what's going on here. I, I, I could I could. I see, hope it like, happens. They're, they're not the same team they were. So... They can't just pick from anyone in the world that they want. And so, okay, I, I get where they got to take value where they can find it. And if they see that in Anthony Robinson, that's cool with me. I, I, I'm, I'm happy to see him go get the experience there. Um, as much as I will denigrate the Italian league, um, Defense is a big deal there, and and I can't knock a U.S. defender going to a league where defense is a big deal so he can grow his career. Guys, you can pay Ray Lewis $300 to insult your friends. I wonder if you could have him make murder jokes. (laughs) Pat, I can see how bet, interested you are. At the I bet for four hundred so. you can rig. I bet for four hundred you can rig an Italian uh, Serie A game. Probably, that's possible. Um, so, Pat, we're going to bring you back in the conversation because we're going to go back to the fire. Speaking of the transfer window, and not for some of the rumors are coming out tonight because those will all in due time. The rumor that I thought was the one Nemanja Nikolic to Crystal Palace. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, what? Yeah. That's the, that's the rumor that they're looking for. To to do what? Strike. Like, I'd, what, what could... What could, what could Palace need so badly that they would turn to him? He's all right. Well, I'm not trying to knock him and say, like, I don't mean to make it sound like I'm, I'm saying he's just shit and, and shouldn't play anywhere. I'm just curious. If, if Palace did that, what, what's their end goal there? Because yes. it seems to me they could afford someone better. But then on top Maybe. of it, I also have to wonder, okay, who are, who are they taking out of that team to, say, slot him in? And, and I, I realize you're not, they're not signing him as first choice or anything. So is this, is this a, broad, um, a broad replacement for, like, Zaha that 
they're going to take Zaha, they're selling him, and they're going to slot somebody else in as a winger. But because then they've you know lost some of the goal scoring there, they need to also find somebody who can score elsewhere in in the kind of forward line. It, you know, it, it's just, probably it doesn't nothing. make any sense to me. I, I guess I, I mean, it could just be he's he's a full on free agent. I mean, the, the one article that I saw indicated that he is still our, our forward. Obviously, he's not. He's moved on. So um, it could just be uh, Nico's agent throwing things out there to see, you know, to drum up some some interest. But um, I, I he I mean, if you're getting 2017 Nikolic, you're getting a really really good player that, that definitely could back somebody up in the Premier League or something like that. If you're getting 2019 Nico, you're getting and I know TJ's got a long-standing theory that it was the, the child's birth that ruined him, but you're getting a guy who doesn't finish all that well. So, um, I mean, you Nico know, came from... Nico was a Champions League player before he came to the fire, so... Um, so we're, we're blowing that. Are you blaming so, Konovic for his downfall? My, my, my point is, I guess, so you went Champions League to MLS and then jumped the, up to a, a, a mid-table team right now in the Premier League? It's Well, the, the, the new retirement league is Serie A, if, if that's where Zlatan went. But, um, um, maybe true. Um, but yeah, I, I don't... Yeah, it, I, it doesn't... It felt a little bit... Big of a jump is it, for Nico is it just is it just a um, uh, an agent rumor to like build a deal? That's yeah, I believe I just said that about thirty seconds ago. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, let's show how much I listen to you. I get, I get. Well, again, now we're talking about the Daily Mail. Take it for what you will. Is also saying had Olympiacos and Bastikas have also looked at um, Nikolic as well. So. You know what? If you're talking about a forward, though, for squad depth, he's, that's not a bad fit because he's not, like you said, Pat, he's not going to cost you anything on a transfer. He's still, if you've got the people who can get, get him the ball, he's he can still score, I, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I, and it's probably not going to cost a ton of money compared nope. to what somebody... Probably not. And if you, like you said, and if he can find 2017 form, <laughs> it becomes a pretty good signing for cheap. So... I just thought that was one that kind of caught. I, it's that, it's one of those that's that might be worth a shot, considering that the the cost is very low and the upside might be decent. So, and for for basically for a end of the season contract, probably not going to cost them a ton of money either. So, um, what else do we want to talk about tonight? I, can I, we talk about Martinelli real quick? If we're sure. gonna do a, a, a brief uh, Arsenal. We're going to uh, talk about young well, guys who impressed this week. This dude is legit. Yeah. Like, it's he's going to be... Like, like took Lacazette's job. Legit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and, you know, 18-year-olds tend to ebb and flow in their streakiness, but he scores every single time we play him. And then we put him in a big Premier League game, and he scored. And... Uh, he is, um, I think he, he's got the potential to be the striker for the Brazilian national team. Good. Like I, I think that that he's that, he's that solid at, at 18. So, um, in a season of crap, 
which is turning around with Mikel Arteta, but in a in a bad it is season, and it isn't. But um, yeah, yeah. In a bad season, uh, he has definitely been a fantastic bright spot. So, um, thank you, Martinelli, for being good. So, and it's, I mean, and I didn't watch the game. I, obviously, you guys did the Arsenal Chelsea game. Um, did he did he slot in for Aubameyang? Is that with Aubameyang being suspended, or did he, or was he? Where did they no, have? No, he well, came in for Ozil when they shifted things around after they went down to ten, I believe. Okay, yeah. Um, and put N'Golo Kante on his ass and uh, scored for us. So. And that's no small feat. That's a dude I really respect. So Yeah, quite um, frankly, if he had dribbled a little bit closer to Conte, I'm not sure he wouldn't have earned Conte a red card. Yeah. It's the way um, Conte tried to tackle him was like fall down and just throw your arms out and try. Yeah. Um exactly. So um after David Louise's comical sideshow Bob incident, uh it was nice to have Martinelli now now I do want to point out with David Luiz this what his third red card and he only had three red cards his entire time with with it Chelsea seriously is his third red card isn't it and but then it, you know they pointed out that he only had three in his entire time at Chelsea yeah. but then again at Chelsea he never had to defend next to Mustafi so I, you can justify <laughs> something to a, to a certain degree so I just, I just thought I want to see is that is that a fair assessment of David Luiz so far as that trying to cover Mustafi might be one of the issues here. I don't want to hate Mustafi because he dressed as Walter Sobchak in <laughs> Los Angeles when um, when I was at the Arsenal fan event, but um, which I really think was like really not appreciated enough. But um, he's. Yeah, he's he's not he's not been good. And, like, I, uh, I don't I don't hate I don't I don't hate Mustafi overall. I mean, my 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 comment, it's not my Kirby take. Puckett. <laughs> he's no Mario Lemieux, Kirby Puckett. Yeah, what, what's the common um, denominator there? Disease and death. <laughs> hey, it's the like, wheel just keeps going around and round. The, um, he, I hate Golden Tate. Golden Tate's in that group too, and he has neither of those yet. Um, <laughs> there, uh, uh, Kevin Prince Boateng. Like I, I, I would actually be in favor of Arsenal signing Jerome Boateng. Kevin Prince can fuck right off and die. I'd be just fine with it. That dude, go away. Forever. Hasn't he found his way into Barcelona these days? Isn't that where he's playing right now? That oh is where he's God. playing, and I believe. He is also on Cameo, and I'm trying to find the price because Chris has a birthday coming he was. up at some point. He actually was. There, at one point, there were two soccer players on Cameo. It was Nigel DeYoung and Kevin Prince Boateng. I oh my God! Believe the, those were the two. The the two I hate more than anyone in the entire world. Kevin, Pat, Kevin Prince is $125. <laughs> Chris has a birthday coming up in April. I feel like we should crowdsource this one. <laughs> oh my God. Honestly, Nigel DeYoung and Kevin Prince Boateng are the two guys I hate the most. And it's because both of them injured U.S. players in games that didn't need to happen. But it's because that, that was their whole thing. You know, like that, that's their whole way guys. of playing. If, if Pepe or um, you know, somebody like that had, like if, if they'd played 
one of uh, whatever. If any of these people had played like U.S. the the U.S. at a time and like injured somebody, they'd be on my list too. I've just I've hated those two for years, and it's simply because they injured U.S. players severely for no real reason, and that was their entire game. That was their that was their entire like skill set was well. I just kind of hurt people who get in the way. Well, I'm sorry. We've moved past those days. Like, get out and play like you actually have talent. Okay, guys. We so, and now I've forgotten have, even where we were before that. We could. You know what, TJ? You should do a Patreon for the show, and we will use all the money to have Gilbert Gottfried record the opening <gasps> of the Mini Van Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, that would be awesome. How much is that going to cost us, Pat? Uh, the only two. person better than that would be Jeff Goldblum. I think they're both on here. Oh my god! Oh my god! That so would Godfrey be amazing. Is 150. Yeah. What you you need to listen to 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 the minivan dad and what is this? It's it's a podcast. What what is this? Wow. So, Chris, let, I, let's finish up. Chris, I want to revert back because I feel like I've got a good one more good rant been, I can get I've out of here. I've been drinking wine the whole time we've been talking. I was going to ask Chris. And before. So, <laughs> so does your hatred of Kevin Gideon's Zalala is only $25. Gideon's Zalala, <gasps> guys, $25. Ooh. All right. So, Chris, who, yes. who do you hate more, Marquez or the combination of Prince and Dion. Oh, it's, it's Marcus. It's Marcus. It's Marcus. I, I didn't think about I didn't think about when I said the two I hate most. I I completely forgot. There is, is, or is one Marcus, I hate or is Marcus so much own, more than everyone else. I was going to say, Marcus <laughs> is his own class, isn't he? I, that, I, I didn't even think of him because, yes, I, I hate him so much differently than everyone else. It's like, I don't even think of him as a as a soccer player, as an athlete, as a human being. Apparently, like, apparently, I hate him. I hate him on a level. Just I hate him to on think a level that doesn't exist. Apparently, you just need to think of him as a money launderer, really. <laughs> <laughs> and, where, and where does your hatred of Kevin Prince Boateng and Nigel Dion compare to Pepe and Sergio Ramos? See, I hate them more than those guys, but I think if the U.S. had played, say, like, Spain at 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 a time and and well with with like Ramos playing or something and and he'd done something like that he would be in that same group because I I feel like they're all on the same level it's just that those two individually stand out because they injured members of the U.S. team needlessly and excessively. All righty. So, all right, Pat. So th- there, there is, there is a method to this madness. I, I there is, there's, there's, there's logic here. Apparently. I just forgot. I, I forgot. I forgot Marquez because, well, one, I try not to think of him, but I forgot him because, to me, he doesn't belong in any group. It's like I hate him at a level reserved for like the worst people in humanity and like the history of humanity. <laughs> Guys, Andy Dick is only $99. <laughs> so, 
It sounds like Pat's going to spend some money and get put together a new <laughs> intro via cameos. Richard Karn. We could get him to talk about uh, your alma mater, Chris, and Tim the Toolman Taylor. Winnie is on here. Danica McKellar. I had such I had such a crush on her. That's a dirty voice you're using. Barry Williams from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> How much of this am I dumping by the end, by the way, Pat? I you don't edit, <laughs> so probably nothing. Marla Maples is on here. Mar- well, there we go. That's that's important. <laughs> Artie Lang Get. and his new nose. Oh, God. But Freddie uh, Adu yeah. for $35. He's only $35. He is. But we, but, and we're going to get this back to the Chicago Fire because there is one ex Chicago Fire player, Stephen Cleveland, who is $5 <laughs> on Cameo. Yeah, I saw that. $5. <laughs> there are a ton of Red Stars on here. If you are a Chicago Red Stars fan or somebody you know is, they're all pretty affordable, too. You could have a Daniel Colaprico record a message for you or whoever you want. So, yep, they saw Katie Johnson on there. Katie Johnson. Yep. So, yeah, definitely some fun to be had with Cameo. Um, Pat, do you have any other finishing? So other than some some of the takeaways from the media day for the fire, what else what else is coming up at hot time? I can tell you that I have hired a person to cover the Red Stars for us. Really? Yes, it is where, TJ. Where did you find this person? I, I found him from the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. So I'm going to let So really, TJ... I'm 33% here, and I have gotten no job offers. What the fuck? Now 66%. Well, just wait. From... Just wait. By your birthday, I may be fired. <laughs> you know, this whole concept of... By my birthday? It's not going to take that long. TJ no, is really uh, on a probational... <laughs> right now for us you're gonna see how he does see if it's a terrible idea so yeah if you're looking yeah um th- this is a mickey from seinfeld da- actor danny woodburn the little person is only 65 dollars. he was mickey remember he was angry on seinfeld it's only 65 dollars oh, all right so you never anything else I never really got into it. It was never my thing. I, I tried watching it. Ron DeJeremy is on. <gasps> Do you get a I'm bottle the hedgehog of his? and you're I watching wrong. the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod, listening to whatever it is. We Oh, oh we need to do that and get a bottle of Ron DeJeremy rum. It's rum. Sherry right, O'Terry. I told you guys, don't go on Cameo. It's a rabbit hole that you will not. <laughs> I've done this three or four times now. I bought one for my wife for Mother's Day. From She Loves Little People, Big World. So I got one from uh, the mom on that show. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a rabbit hole that I, I'm going to end up staying up late. I'm going to end up spending money to get somebody. I do think it should be Gilbert Godfrey, to be honest. I fucking what love it. What is this garbage podcast? <laughs> the the only one I would rather have is Jeff Goldblum, and part He's of that is just here. my yeah. eternal love for Jeff Goldblum. His awkward delivery, his like his weird takes on everything. Oh, that would be that would be magic. But yeah, Gilbert right Godfrey. Now, Gilbert Lou Godfrey, I, I'm right up there. Like that dude is about the same. <laughs> well, Gilbert you know Godfrey, 100. Do this. 
OJ should be on here. Oh, God. <laughs> if you don't watch this, I will stab you. We could pay Paul Rubens $250. <laughs> TJ, put, put together a Patreon. I'm sure everybody... You know what, though? If we're, if we're doing... If we're doing 200 for Paul Rubens, I'd rather pay the 228 and get Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> that would be pretty good. And I like how he's listed as Shooter McGavin on the yeah, whatever his name is as an actor. He's straight up listed as the character he played 25 years ago. I see. I see Corbin Burnson of Major League Fame. Yeah. All right. Write this motherfucker out. Gary Busey. <laughs> Why is Marla Maples one hundred and two dollars? I don't know. Second wife, I guess. Um, Sean Astin, don't you hate him, Chris? Don't you hate? Sean no, Astin? no, 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 not him. Um, no, there was. Uh, I've forgotten their names now. Well, this is this is outstanding podcasting. So, all right, <laughs> <laughs> we're right, still so on. We are still on. We are still recording. And we're still a podcast, believe it or not. So, Chris, do you have any final thoughts before I get into the the ending of the show? No, you're done. <laughs> all right. So, Minivan Dad Soccer Pod can be found on pretty much all the major podcast players on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on, um, what is, on Google Play, and can be found on Twitter at Minivan Dad Pod. Chris can be found at Fine Tooth Combs. Pat can be found at Hot Time in Old Town, or Patrick McCraney. And subscribe, tell your friends. Um, you never know. Pat wants to set up a Patreon page. So I'll let him do that if he's really that interested in this. But beyond that, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll do, try and do this again next week, and you're done. Mm-hmm.